On April 28, 2017, the first episode of Love Wins Repeat went live. It was an episode with Lisa Sharon Harper about her book, A Very Good Gospel, and an encouragement to make sure that when we proclaim the good news, it actually sounds like good news for everyone. Almost three years later, we have reached the 50th episode, just shy of my 33rd birthday, which, you know, in some church traditions is just about when Jesus died. So that it happens here in Holy Week seems appropriate. And because of that, because we wanted to go all out and have a bonanza of a 50th episode, and because it was Holy Week, and because the church is dispersed and distanced and isolated, and so many of our usual ways of coming together for this week were disrupted, I decided to get seven guests together to talk about Jesus' seven last words from the cross. Now, because it was a particularly large uh, audio file, I had to break this up into seven individual episodes, all of about 25 minutes each. This first is with Grace Jisun Kim talking about the words, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. But before we get to it, since this is the first one, how about a few more words of general thanks? But I'm so thankful for these guests for coming on to illuminate these last words of Jesus, to discuss with me their importance, their challenge, their comfort, and the way they speak to this particular time of anxiety and isolation. I'm also incredibly thankful to everyone who has been a guest over these 50 episodes, some more than once. Uh, I'm thankful for their willingness to say yes, their openness to my questions, their uh, warmth in their feedback and discussion. I am so grateful. I'm grateful for everyone who has listened, who has ever sent me an encouraging message, or even just a message to say, hey, I listened to that. Uh, it's, it's really keeps, it keeps me going and encourages me so, so thank you for that. Uh, and this is certainly not the end. Many more episodes to come. And so please stay around. This is Love, Rinse, Repeat. And I am a very grateful Liam Miller. This is our 50th episode special the seven last words from the cross. Grace G. Sun Kim, welcome to Love Rinse Repeat's 50th episode, our seven words from the cross. Wow, that's amazing. 50th episode? Like, you're too young (laughs) to have 50 episodes. (laughs) Uh, that's that's amazing you know what it's a testament to how hard you work and all the amazing things that you do because you know even to do five like diverse ones are incredible but to do 50 all of these exciting ones thank you so much for having me on I know I did several when I was here in the U.S. and this I might be my fourth one in the here doing it with you but then last year we were able to do it together yeah in person like face to face which was so exciting so I'm just I was so happy to meet you and your family and Mm. it's great that you're doing these wonderful uh podcasts and and video interviews because they're watched by so many people all over the world so Mm -hmm. thank you for the invitation and especially you know the seven last words of jesus during this time of easter where the world is kind of shut down and as we're experiencing the pandemic so i'm glad you're doing this i think it's 
it's an important piece, especially because everyone's going online for mm. worship and, yeah. <laughs> and reflection and learning and so forth. So thank you for the invite. I thought you might be a little bored of me. <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks for having me again. No. <laughs> thanks for having me again. It's, 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 it's great to have you for several reasons. First of all, you're always so complimentary whenever you come on. So I'm always going to let you come on to say wonderful things about me and the show. Uh, <laughs> But you were really, I think you were one of, even before it was a podcast, it was still just the YouTube channel, you were uh-huh. one of the very first guests, like really early on, um, you did one of our very first interviews. Um, oh. You're also, you're, you're, you have two videos in the top five most watched of my, of my videos. You're, really? you're two in the top five and yours, <laughs> you're, uh, one of your That's ones amazing. on, um, which one? You're one on reconciliation, one which is titled Reconciliation uh-huh. uh, and Climate uh, Justice and a bunch of other things. Uh-huh. Is that's okay. that's going to get to a thousand views soon? So we're okay. Well, we I, well that's a lot of pressure now for me to do this one. <laughs> so let's <laughs> to see. maintain my status top five. I have to come up with something very. to come up with something really good now within the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll, or it'll be I'll, so bad that people will watch it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll go. Maybe I should check out the other ones to like yes. see why. You know, is she always like this? <laughs> <laughs> one or the other yeah oh dear well I'll tell you what I'll do our, uh-huh. I'll do the reading slowly so you have more time to think yes uh, please so, do that uh-huh. so the reading we are doing is Luke 23 34 then Jesus said father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing and they cast lots to divide his clothing yeah. so Grace what do you what do you hear in these words well, I think because of the coronavirus spreading, um, it's a new kind of way for me um, to listen to those words that you just read. And as I was reflecting upon it when you first invited me, I think it's a different read, especially as an Asian American woman. Um, you know, it's hard to forgive. I think it might be one of the hardest things to do in life um, to forgive. And for Jesus, you know, that wasn't the first time when he talked about forgiveness. He talks about forgiveness in many occasions. Uh, Him wanting to forgive and then reminding us to forgive, you know, 70 times 7, to continue to forgive. And so while, you know, he suffered, you know, during that last week, he's suffering, you know, of uh, people, you know, his own disciple denying him. Um, you know, with the triumphal entry and then people just turning around against him. So, you know, it, it was a very emotional week. And then before he's on that cross, you know, all the beating and the mocking and everything that he experienced. And so, you know, the pain and the suffering that he went through. And then for him to hang on that cross you know, nearing death, understanding that he will die soon, and still him to say, you know, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. It's so powerful um, because at that moment, if someone is near death, all you think about is how can I try to survive? You know, 
what can I do? You're not thinking about forgiveness. You're thinking about, you know, even in the last few moments of your life, you're trying to still breathe and how much longer can I live? You know, because that's just a human thing. We want to live as long as possible. You know, as I read, um, you know, these people that are suffering with uh, COVID-19 and, you know, they're, they're struggling with their breath. They can't breathe and they go to the hospital, you know, on ventilators and, and doctors are doing everything that they can to keep them alive, giving them extra oxygen, opening their pathways. You know, people are, we want to survive. You know, we don't want to die. We, we want to do everything we can. And so when I think about Jesus on that cross and, you know, the seven last words, the first thing he says is forgive them. Like that's in his mind he wants to forgive and you know now 2,000 years later we we say you know the purpose of Jesus to come into the world is to die on that cross and to to get to forgive us yes there is the divinity of Jesus there's also the humanity of Jesus and for him to still say you know forgive them is to me um I'm just lost for words that that's what he was still thinking on that cross. Because this is a regular, you know, when as a human being, the scripture tells us to forgive all the time. It's so hard to forgive other people, especially when they have done something wrong to you, right? So Jesus on that cross, you know, suffering so much, and then he still wants to forgive. You know, when I think about the pandemic here in the U.S., it's spreading, and, uh, you know, the government at the beginning made mistakes. So that's very clear. So now, you know, I think over 10,000 deaths, which is enormous. We're going to be probably number one in the number of deaths of any country soon. And as it spreads here in the U.S., I don't know how it is in Australia and different parts of the world. Um, there's a lot of anti-racism happening. So a lot of white people are saying, well, it happened because of Trump too, calling it the Chinese virus. And um, you had flu, um, Chinese flu, etc. You know, it starts with a certain number of people and then they make it big and everybody feels like they can do it too. So much anti-racism. And um, as you share this video by Good Friday, there'll be more cases, but, you know, up over a thousand cases of violence and um, so physical violence and verbal abuse uh, towards Asian Americans and Asians. And um, just yesterday in the U.S. In, in New York City, four teens were arrested for hate crime because they um, hit um, an Asian on a bus and she had to get stitches on her face and the slurs and everything. So they got arrested. So, you know, the hate crime is rising, but we know they're not all reported because many Asian Americans are afraid to even report. But thus far, over a thousand cases, Jesus was able to forgive on that cross for the pain that he endured. And I'm wondering how 
we as an Asian American community can forgive at the end when this all dies down. Because I know after this pandemic dies down, there's going to be an aftermath. People are going to continue to blame Asian Americans, particularly Chinese. But as you know, many people can't differentiate Chinese and Vietnamese or Korean. They're going to blame them for the the downfall of the economy, for job losses, etc. So I'm just bracing myself. We as Christians are asked and taught and reminded over and over again, and particularly during this Holy Week and Good Friday and Easter time, you know, we are to forgive. So for me, as I read this and as you read the passage, you know, what will it mean for the Christian community to stand in solidarity with Asians and Asian Americans who are experiencing racism and um, pain and suffering? And what does it mean for Asians and Asian Americans to forgive and, and, and move on? So it, to me, it just brings a new light because of this huge pandemic that's happening and what is happening to my community. And, um, it, you know, it doesn't take long for you to go on the internet to see all this happening. And, you know, there have been good things in the sense that uh, some of the American churches and um, denominations are writing um, pieces, statements to stand in solidarity with the Asian churches and Asian American churches, which is so good to see. But... You know, it's still very painful uh, that these are happening mm. to people I know and in my own community. And so I just wanted to begin this interview by kind of putting that out there. Uh, for such a time as this, what does it mean um, to forgive one another and how Jesus continues to forgive us? Thank you for that. That's yeah, a great place to start, a good place to ground this this whole conversation, acknowledging that that is happening. One thing I wanted to kind of draw out from, from what you're saying, it was a couple of things, but the way I want to start is I think it's really helpful the way you've kind of framed up that the forgiveness that Jesus offers, likewise the forgiveness that we are asked to offer is a very human thing to give. I, I think it's very difficult to give. It's something we wrestle with. And, and maybe want to withhold, maybe 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 want to offer but struggle to do so, you know, because I think sometimes forgiveness with association with the cross gets kind of just um, become like a, an exchange, kind of, kind of economicized, economicized. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. That, that yeah. whereas, you know, you're saying, you know, that, that, that showing that, you know, this is a very, a thing that we, you know, is a tormenting thing that we have to wrestle with to, to offer, I think is a very helpful acknowledgement that this is something that is not just um, an exchange. Yeah. So, you know, even before this pandemic happened, always I struggled with what does it mean to forgive? And when people have done um, injustice towards me and I'm asked, you know, God requires us to forgive. It's always been a hard thing, but now it just gets um, put in a new light when it happens to this larger community, the Asian American community. And I know it's going to last a long time. And, you know, anti-Asian, you know, anti, um, uh, 
the racism against Asians and Asian Americans here in the U.S. American soil is nothing new. I don't know how it is in Australia as much, but here, you know, with uh, in 1882, Congress had passed the Chinese Exclusion Act. So uh, when when um, Trump came into power. Uh, four years ago, which unbelievably, you know, I can't believe we survived or <laughs> surviving the four years. He actually put in the Muslim ban. So he was trying to ban Muslims from seven countries. And, you know, those who don't remember our American history things, you know, we think to ourselves, maybe that's our first ban that has ever happened in American soil. But it happened over 100 years ago. In 1882, the Chinese Exclusion Act, there was yellow fever, uh, people, yellow... Uh, you know, people were just afraid of Asians. They were afraid that they were going to take the jobs, etc. Meanwhile, the Asians that came to work here were doing menial jobs, jobs that nobody wanted. They put their life on, uh, you know, they risked their lives as they um, worked on the railroad and they were, you know, putting dynamites in mountains and many people died and they were working as indentured workers. So that, you know, it was supposed to be in place for 10 years. So a lot of the Chinese, they couldn't leave the country. They had to walk around with papers. Um, they had to prove that they were kind of residents. They were never citizens um, in, in American soil. So there was a lot of fear against Asian and particularly Chinese. So that was only supposed to last 10 years. It, you know, but Congress kept extending it and, and, and extending it until 1943. That's a long time. So it's very recent history where, um, you know, people were so uh, afraid of um, Asian Americans. But now with this, you know, and since then, a lot of other things have happened, but now this is a major thing. And so with all this racism, you know, right now it's racism against Asians and Asian Americans, but next year maybe, you know, the, the, the focus I'm saying, racism is always here, but the focus may be against uh, Mexicans or African Americans. You know, we go through these cycles, but overall the racism um, is, is such a huge beast. It's embedded in our culture. And so we as Christians were wondering, how do we fight against it? And, you know, the, the forgiveness is also tied in with reconciliation. And reconciliation is always something I struggle with too. How do we reconcile? You know, when we think about the cross and Jesus, you know, with all these atonement theories that we have, Anselm's atonement theory, all these Christus Victor atonement theory, um, you know, just my class, we were talking about atonement theory last week too. When we think about it, you know, we, we, we focus on something with the reconciliation, you know, God uh, reconciling with us human beings. And then so there is a vertical reconciliation that may happen as we focus on the cross and the crucifixion and what happened, you know, the mysterious thing that happened on that cross. But then sometimes as Christians, we forget about the horizontal relationship, right? So, you know, we're always asking God to forgive us. So the vertical, we're not so bad about, but it's always a horizontal that we're really bad about. So asking for forgiveness from our brothers and sisters, either as individuals or as communities. And then also the reconciliation that needs to happen between brothers and sisters. So that is always lacking. And so maybe um, in light of this pandemic, maybe we could think of the seven 
last words of Jesus, and particularly the focus of, you know, Jesus saying, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing, is a reminder that many times we don't know what we're doing. You know, uh, a lot of the progressive white allies and friends, they, f- they think that they're not part of this racism, you know, but you know, it's so embedded in our culture just by being white. You are with this white privilege kind of participating in either in those microaggressions or things happening. So in many cases, uh, my talk is kind of focusing on racism, but there's a lot of other things that we're committing against each other uh, wrongfully. And so many times we don't realize that we're doing this. I think it's a reminder that, you know, these issues are all intersecting too. So intersectionality is important to understand. And the the words of Jesus reminds us that we have, you know, I think we as Christians are very good with the vertical relationship, but not the horizontal. So the words of Jesus on that cross reminds us of to ask for forgiveness across the horizontal relationship. And that includes us with our neighbors, and also those who are farther away in the global kind of society. I think this pandemic is really reinforcing us how we are so interconnected. Everything happens. How quickly this spread, you know, is just indicative of how connected we are and how we are interweaving with one another. So we need uh, to ask for forgiveness from each other and also from the planet with creation because you know we are committing sin against creation too we are not living sustainably we are hoarding and we are just taking things from the earth and we're damaging the earth so i think uh, you know we, we commit sin in so many ways so we need to recognize you know i started off this interview focusing on racism but there's a lot about the sins that we commit so i just want to uh also kind of bring to light that all these other sins that we're committing as against the planet and against each other and that ultimately they do intersect and they affect one another so i think the words of jesus is kind of reminding us in this new light of the pandemic happening that you know many cases we don't know what we're doing that we're doing something wrong and so Jesus is reminding us um, mm. in many different ways that we are committing sin and we need to ask for forgiveness and forgive one another. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think, you know, a thing that runs through your work is, you know, that to become aware sometimes of those things that we are doing that we are not aware of, you know, requires that we <clears throat> so go beyond our familiar circles and encounter the other and actually hear from people um, we push to the margins the ways in which they have that we uh, need to ask for forgiveness what what it is that we have yeah. done and then also <laughs> what it is then to to seek repair uh, and, and restitution and, you know, on that path to reconciliation I think that's that's something yeah that, that comes through really well in your work and uh, as you say that's because you know how do we find out that thing you know we might be we might be sparked by this reading to go yes I do need to ask for forgiveness and I have been sinning in ways that I'm not aware of but we're not going to necessarily understand what they are so to avoid them in the future without uh, listening um. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah uh-huh and you know uh, these days i'm kind of writing on the invisibility of asians 
Asian American and particularly Asian American woman. And mm. so when we, you know, I shared a little bit about the, the racism against Asians and Asian Americans. So in certain ways, we become invisible in this society, in American society. Uh, we are in smaller population, but the, the racism here in the U.S. is talked about in black and white dichotomy. So it's kind of been like that from the beginning uh, uh, mostly from the American history. So in, in one sense, we become invisible people. So this anti-racism, anti-Asian racism that's happening today, I'm told yesterday, I've never heard it labeled that they were arrested for a hate crime. And I was really glad to see that because this is part, this is hate crime against another, another group of people. And, but the other side of this is, many times our issues become invisible too. So when we experience racism, the, the common society, the, the, the dominant culture and society want to brush it off and say, oh, it's not that important. So it's not just that we become invisible, but then our issues also become invisible. So I'm hoping that through this pandemic, that more and more churches will speak up and that there will be a great solidarity amongst all of us that we can stand together because today it may be Asian Americans, tomorrow it may be somebody else. So we need to be in solidarity. We need to speak up for those who are, who are made invisible, who are made marginalized, who are pushed to the side, who are made voiceless. So right now during the pandemic, it's Asians and Asian Americans. But like I said, tomorrow, maybe somebody else. So I think it's important. And also having people like you as white allies standing in solidarity with us and speaking up and against uh, racism that happens um, overall and against certain groups of people. So I'm always grateful for the work that you do. And, you know, you are always so welcoming of the diverse, diverse voices. That's so important because some people who do these things, they just focus on some white men all the time. You know, we've heard from white men for the last 2,000 years. I think people might be a little sick of the white men voices. <laughs> But people still continue to listen to them. But there's not that many people like you who still want to give voice um, to those who are voiceless and those who have been marginalized. So I'm always grateful for you and for also picking the good topics. Um, so uh, I think this, uh, the last seven uh, words of Jesus, so crucial for us today, I think is so meaningful for us. And, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to hear the other six people that you are interviewing and what their answers are. And so I think this is uh, very, very exciting. So thank you for your work. Thank you, Grace. What a, a great place to end and a good encouragement for people to keep listening because uh, you're the first. So, you know, hopefully you've set, you've set a great tone and, 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 and helped to sell the premise, which is also very helpful. Well, I hope that after my first one that they'll listen to the other six Yes, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. uh, They're all just equally important. And mm. I think, you know, and, and particularly at this time, during this pandemic, when people are glued to their laptop and their phones, I think uh, it'll be very exciting and challenging. And I hope people will be challenged by the seven words of Jesus and the impact that it will have for us during this, you know, fearful time. You know, I keep checking the news and I know I shouldn't be, but I keep checking the news all day long. And, I'm, and I know I'm not the only one. So there's a 
great amount of fear in the world today, you know, because it's so contagious, it spreads so quickly, and people die so fast. So I know there's great fear, and I think uh, we need to continue to pray um, the prayer that Jesus has taught us, and remember those seven words of Jesus that he spoke on the on the cross. I think they, they are very meaningful for us during this time. So thank you for highlighting it, and thank you again for inviting me and i hope after this dies down that we can meet each other face to face it'd be great to, it'd be great to be in the room again with you grace that yeah. would be wonderful oh, uh, wonderful again too if people if you have uh, intrigued by what grace is saying and want to find out more i recommend particularly her books embracing the other the transformative spirit of love uh, which is out with erdman's and um healing our broken humanity which was co-written with uh graham hill which is through ivp uh but she has many books, uh, both written and edited, including a very recent um, book, which we'll have to get you back on to talk about uh, Reimagining Spirit. Uh, yes. The new book she uh-huh. has out. So um, Grace's info will and be And why show. don't you, you know what, it's going to be hard, but we can maybe get Erin Jackson to come on to talk about uh, Keeping Hope Alive. So it'll be a three-way conversation. That may there be a possibility. Go. It'll be a very, it needs to be a short one, but we, I think that <laughs> might be exciting too. Right. And I actually have another one coming out in June, a new book called Hope in Disarray. Actually, I wish it was out right now when yeah. um, people need a little bit of hope. Yeah. People can read it. Hopefully by June, this will have died down. Yeah. Then we'll be rebuilding hope and the book will still be pressing. But <laughs> it's, it's another reason I love to interview you, Grace, is because I always find out like, you know, I and we're talking about the book that came out two months ago and you're like, and I got another book, you know, about a month and a half from now, you know, that got cut off. Right. But I just wanted to say, stay safe, you and your wife and your little one. So please stay safe. Thank, Thank you. you.